latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. I am your host, Larry. And I am your other host, Justin. So this is a double feature, uh, not so much for you listeners, but yeah. for Justin and I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, um, <laughs> we're doubling up our reviews tonight. Yeah, I have uh, a bunch of traveling to do for work that I don't like. I Okay, so here's the crazy thing is I can't say where or what I'm going to, but I'm going to this thing on Monday. I just got an email to the, from them today saying, oh, yeah, we had to make some last minute changes. So we still don't know, like, where the event is actually going to be. Oh, my gosh. But whatever. They're going to fucking pay for my Uber to get there. So I don't care. In but your hotel. You, yeah. Hopefully they'll pay for your food room service, too. I would get some bougie food. Uh, They are not. But the other traveling thing is. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, yeah, so first- I'm doing a bunch of traveling. So. Uh, the first movie is going to be Talk to Me. Yep. Uh, there will be spoilers, so make sure you're aware of that. Um, but Justin, what's been new? Oh, man. Um, I've been playing a bunch of stuff. I had to finish up like some reviews because they will be up while I'm gone. And I didn't want to... Okay. Or the day I get back, actually, is when they'll go up. And I didn't really want to have that like crunch. Mm-hmm. So I blasted through them to get these two reviews done it was a fucking nightmare um but i got it done and they're up so they will go up but i can't talk about them yet obviously um mm-hmm. i i've also been playing did i talk about alder's gate last week no you posted about it somewhere though okay yeah anyways so Baldur's gate is the new this new game have you ever heard of divinity original sin i've played Baldur's gate I think. Okay. Way back so, when I was a kid. A new company has taken over for Baldur's Gate 3. They're really well known for like their like D&D inspired gameplay uh, okay. with this other series called Divinity and Divinity Original Sin after that. Uh, anyways, it just came out today, but I've been playing it for like a little since Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's a fucking amazing game. It is very long. It's supposedly 100 to 120 hours long without oh, like searching so out stuff. That's just like a push, like if you want to like push through. But it's awesome, man. It's I I'm trying to decide if you would like because it, it is very like heavily influenced by like D&D rules. Oh, uh, so it's okay. it's a it's a lot slower. It's a lot more like methodical and like st- you have to be really strategic or you can like completely wipe your party if you're like not thinking about something it, it's nice but it's it's brutal um other than that i watched talk to me uh last week and then i also watched uh borderlands which or final prayer which is the other part of this uh, uh double feature i'm trying to think what else um i mean that's really it honestly what about you uh, so TV, still nothing new, but I watched AEW last night on Wednesdays. Okay. Uh, do you know who Rob Van Dam is? No, but I've, I feel like you've mentioned him before. <laughs> he is like a an old school wrestler. He came from ECW. Um, he came up on the show last night, and he's going to be wrestling like for the first time in like many many years on TV next week when me and Devin go see it live. Oh shit! Oh fuck! I forgot you were going to see it live. Next Wednesday, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So that's that's next week. Um, but movies, I watched The Wind Rises. That is That was another uh, Ghibli movie. Okay. I did not like it. 
whenever they do like tr- like true stories and they drop the magic, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, I I get I can get that for sure. I, it just doesn't work for me. Um, I watched Notting Hill. That sounds familiar. Why the hell does that sound familiar? Julia Roberts rom com. Hugh Grant's mm. the the guy. I don't it think is, I've seen it, but it sounds familiar. It is probably my favorite rom com now. Okay. It's oh. just got it's its tone is a lot different. What's up? I'm looking something up that you need to play. Sorry. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I watched Dunkirk for the first time. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. How is it? Not good. Ah, okay. Mm. It's a well-made movie. It's Christopher Nolan. Like he's very good. Yeah. My problem with it is, is that its plot jumps around a whole lot, which I didn't really care okay. for. And have you seen Saving Private Ryan? Yes, I actually love that movie. So you know how like grimy and how it shows war as being very dirty and like awful. Yes. You've seen Christopher Nolan movies. They're usually very like clean and, and bright. Yeah. And so he's portraying World War One in this very clean way, and it just doesn't seem real. Do you know what I mean? So it breaks like, yeah. the realism of it all. Okay. So it was. It's. I mean, it's, it's still a fine movie, but it's nowhere near like some of the better war movies I've seen. Watch Death the Smoochie. Patrons stick around. Oh, we'll be fuck. discussing that's right. that's that. Yeah, in that's the campfire. I watched. Yeah. I watched Crank. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in ages. It was my and Devin's first time watching that movie. Um, when it started, I did not know what the hell we were getting into. Yeah. By the end, I had a good time. Are you going to watch Crank 2? I was annoyed to find out there was a Crank 2. And apparently yeah. <laughs> they stole his heart and he's chasing to get his heart back. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I will say both Crank and Crank 2, the mm-hmm. composer for those movies is one of my favorite musicians. The The soundtrack for that by itself is fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, yes. But I, I told Devin, because we watched it for her because she likes Jason Statham. I was like, if you pick up Crank 2, I'll watch it with you. But I'm not <laughs> seeking it out. I'll watch it, but I'm not going to seek it out. Uh, and then I also watched Talk to Me in Final Prayer. Games, I've been playing Pokemon Sleep. Oh, yeah? Have you been getting your eight hours? <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, not usually... But like I also have, like, there's been so many bugs with it. Like for a while there, it was only recording half my sleep. It's like you slept too deeply. The game doesn't recognize this, and so like cut my sleep in half. And like your sleep is how you catch Pokemon. So I was like getting really annoyed, but they, they patched it, and it seems to be fixed now. Um, I beat Double May Cry. Nice and. And I beat the Double May Cry Virgil's Downfall DLC. So are you? Do you feel? Hmm, see, it's hard because I, I wanna. I really want you to go play one, two, and three. Two is like I added one, it to my wish list. Two is really fucking bad. <laughs> like, okay. Bad. Um, it is like, <laughs> because this is the only Devil May Cry I've had any besides Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah. This is the only Devil May Cry I have any experience with. Devil May Cry is good. Uh, it's fun. Like it's just yeah. like. It's the, the humor is funny. The, the fighting is funny. Like the maneuvering about, like the platforming isn't like brutal when you mess up. Like it, it's a it's a really fun game. I'm intrigued to try the other ones, but I I'm worried because this is like the only one I know. Um, yeah, one three. I I'm pretty sure it's like every single one except for Devil May Cry two people love. 
okay. Devil May Cry 2 is like widely known as like the worst <laughs> one, so yeah. And then I played Wandering Village. Oh yeah, how did what did you think? So I did like it. It's very calming. It's very peaceful. Um, I'm, I was just playing on like, the easiest difficulty because I'm trying to get crushed. But yeah, like, yeah, it's fun, and it reminds me a lot of like the phone games I play, where you like you build something, then you have to wait for the resources to do it, then you have like. But that's like very calming and very peaceful, yeah. and like I enjoyed it. But there's also like like you mentioned, I think last week on the show, or even when you and I were talking, that there's no end to it. Yeah. So I played it for a couple hours. I feel like I'm in a good spot. It's definitely kind of like Vampire Survivors. Like, you know, I can cop- sit down and like, play for a few hours and just kind of chill. But I started Stranger of Paradise. What? Uh, how far did you get? I beat the first mission. Okay. And what do you think so far? I'm happy I'm playing on casual because apparently yep. it's Souls-like. Yep. Um, I am enjoying it. I feel like the combat goes from like very smooth to stupidly complicated with like some of the inputs you need to do for some uh, of the just moves. wait <laughs> just wait until you unlock the mage class but i will say i had the mage class unlocked oh there's uh, i don't want to spoil anything for you okay it gets more complicated but stick with the mage class it is probably the most overpowered class oh because i just i've just been playing with the one they started me with to so switch over to mage then so what I did when I played it is I leveled mage up or level like the main one, like the one you start off with, go to mm-hmm. mage. I w- and then like, I, I would kind of like bounce around and I would like, okay. Keep changing it basically. But mage There's is luckily like, no, tr- uh, missable trophies. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> the gameplay in that gets wild. It's, it's a lot of fun though. Especially the like once you get used to it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a change. I mean, I I always have liked Garland, so yeah. uh, I'm I'm cool with that. Um, I will say I'm kind of mad you don't get to move about the overworld. That's like Final Fantasy Ten. Yeah, but like Final Fantasy Ten never promised me. Well, you can move about the overworld. You can go from region to region. Oh yeah. This one it's you just, just go on the map and click around. Yeah. And, but, and because like I just recently played. FF1, like the Pixel Remaster. Yeah, so, there's so a party that wanted just to go, go wherever. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. Um, but no, I, I said I only played it for a couple hours yesterday, and yeah, I think it will be fun. I'm not sure what to think of the story and some of like the dialogue. Oh, you don't so far don't play it been... for do not play it for the story. <laughs> some of the dialogue has been a little bit what, and then like when the Frank Sinatra song came on, I was like, what the fuck am I playing? Is this still Final Fantasy? So. So yeah, so I'm going to do that, and then I'll play probably a game or two in between, which will honestly probably be the Alan Wake stuff. Yeah. And then I'll go do uh, 7 Remake with uh, Intergrade. I have another game you might want to play. What's that? <clears throat> this is what I was looking at before. Uh, have you ever heard of Nino Kuni? Yeah, why have I heard of that? It's it's on, it's on a JRPG. Um, yeah. It's on Steam, I think. It's on PlayStation. I have definitely heard of this. So the animated sequences in that game were produced by Studio Ghibli. Oh, fun. Okay. And it is very much a... It feels like a Studio Ghibli magic movie in a video game. And it's kind of like Pokemon in a weird way. 
I'll add it to my wish list, and when I start okay. whittling my backlog, I'll play it. That's actually cool. And, I've um, heard of it before, but I didn't know that. That's actually awesome. When you do get around to playing it, let me uh, know, because I will play alongside you, because I, that is actually a game I've always wanted to finish, but I always get about 20 hours in, and then something else fall off so i want to yeah would you rather me play that with you first or persona first because with persona we have to do three um so one that you told me was a persona game and then five four and five oh uh strikers um no 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 the one with the monster you send every once in a while Oh, that's that's in every. He's in every persona. Mara. He's in every persona game. But what's the one that like, I told? I, I watched a YouTube video. It was like a Pokemon capturing system, but you said it's a really harder game, and it's in the Persona family. They just remade oh. it. They just remade it. Yeah, because I was going to pick it up, and you told me that I'm not ready for that. Oh, oh, uh, it's any. So Persona is an offshoot of Shin Megami Tensei. Yes, Shimigami So Shimigami Tensei is the main series. Persona is the oh, side, okay. the spin-off. Okay. okay. Shimigami Tensei is fucking hard and like really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um but once you play Persona, I think you'd be ready to go back to Shimigami Tensei. Um so with Persona, I would actually wait because they are remaking Persona 3 right now and it's coming out apparently early 2024. What is Persona 1 and 2 like? Um people like Persona 2. Um, it's called like Persona 2 Original Sin I think is like the Playstation version Can you um, go on Steam? No okay. um, I believe you can get it on a Wait do, do you have a Playstation 1 Classic? Like a play, PS1 Mini or whatever? I believe it's on there Okay well if not it, 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 <laughs> I mean if not it can be on there <laughs> I, I, bought, I bought a hacker very often but, but I did but back that I will say 1 and 2 you are completely fine skipping. Okay. Specifically, started with three and going back by one, two. Yeah. Because um, that's like the. So the reason why. I think one of the reasons why I want to do that so badly is like obviously my first Final Fantasy game was 10. Yes. And I love 10. And I have no problem with 10 being my favorite. Yeah. Part of me wonders if I had played through them in order, if 10 would be my favorite. If it's like, a, it's like a question in my head, if that well, would so change. I mean, the first one I played was Final Fantasy One, and Final Fantasy One is not my favorite. It's up there, <laughs> but it's up there. It's up there for me too. I hate the hate that people give those games. Especially well, it's pixel just remasters. They're so good. Oh, pistol, re- pistol, pixel remasters, so good. Yeah. So Persona is like, it tends to be whatever Persona you play first is your favorite. That is, it is the it, it it's what everybody says. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, Persona 3 is a really good one to start, but I would say let's wait for the remake, and then we can play that, okay. and then we'll go to 4 and 5. But fuck, man, Persona 5. That fucking slaps so hard. Uh, books, I finished Antimatter Blues. It wasn't as good as Mikey 7. Um, they kind of dropped some of that like existential conversation that was happening in that book, but it was yeah. still a, it was still a fun story, and I enjoyed it. I still need to finish Artemis Fowl 3, and I started Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. Oh, uh, is that like a different series? So it's then? still in the Cosmere. I'm following this list I found that tells you like the best way to read the Cosmere books. Okay. But it has nothing to do with Mistborn. Entirely separate, entirely new magic system and all that. Okay, interesting. I know, I still haven't read Mistborn. <laughs> they were good. They were good. I'm, I can't speak to the audiobooks, but I know that the books themselves are really good. I, just, I don't know if I have a 40-hour fantasy book in me right now 
You have a lot. I understand. I understand. With all that, are you excited to talk about Talk To Me? I don't know. I, I don't want to get ostracized again. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. So, so you're ten. <laughs> yes! So where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. Yeah. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. <laughs> All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. All right, back up. Is a 2022 Australian supernatural horror film that originally premiered at the Adelaide Film Festival in 2022 before it was shown at Sundance in January of 2023. It was widely released in July of 2023. Yeah, because I feel like I was hearing about this movie like last year. It was being talked about for a while, correct. The film is being was directed by Danny and Michael... Oh, Help me, Philippu. It was their feature film debut. Uh, these guys started a YouTube channel called Raka Raka in 2013, which was known for live-action horror comedy skits. The channel has won a lot of awards, including several streamies. The film stars Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, and Miranda Otto. So Wilde, this is her theatrical debut. Uh, she previously has been in the TV shows Eden, You Don't Know Me, and Tom Jones. Alexander Jensen, uh, she has been in the TV show My Life is Murder and the 2022 film Beat. And then Miranda Otto, when I saw her, I was like, I know this chick. Like, who? Is, what is she from? Like, like, I want to think yeah. Harry Potter, but it's not Harry Potter. Do you know what she's from without looking it up? Oh, I was going to look up to see I what know she you were. Like. I know you were. Uh, what was her last name? Otto? Miranda Otto. Okay, I'm gonna like. I just want to see her face. Um, here, what if I do Miranda Otto? Talk to me. I'm trying to like block out. It's good. I okay. Here, talk to me. Um, cast. Miranda Otto. I'm not seeing her in the cast. Oh, here we go. She's the mom. Oh, yeah. She. I. So I'm just. It just says Miranda Otto Sue. Isn't she in, um, holy fuck. Uh, See, this happened to me, and I thought it was Harry Potter, but it's not Harry Potter. No, I'll give you that hint. Okay, give me a hint. No, that, that was my hint. It's not Harry Potter. No, she is. She's a bitch. <laughs> Whatever she plays. I know it. Is she? No? Oh, she was for... See? Okay, I gotta look at it, because... Eowyn, from Lord of the Rings. Oh, see, that's not how I know her. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, that's how I knew her. I was like, who are you? I was like, like, are you Harry Potter's mom? Like, I was really, really oh, struggling to play who she is. in the, like, new remake of Sabrina. <laughs> that's where I know her from. The new remake of Sabrina? Well, the, like, Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the, like, Netflix Sabrina. She oh, plays Zelda. See, I only watched, like, an episode or two of that. Yeah, it's bad. Is it? Yeah. It ends on a really, really like <laughs> suicide is okay note. Oh, oh wow, yeah. eek. Okay. Yeah. It's um, oh, she's also an I Frankenstein. I haven't seen that either. Yeah. 
Again, it was Aowen. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I go to Blazer from. Uh, it was shot at a budget of four and a half million, and it grossed at the time of my note taking twelve million dollars. Um, I highly recommend that if you are interested in learning more about the behind the scenes stuff, including some interviews with, with um, actors and stuff, that Rachel, obviously who one of our patrons, but also one of our really close friends, she did a ton of coverage for this over in Pride, and you yeah. can find links to that stuff down in the description of this episode. I have some trivia. Okay. When I say some, I mean two, because <laughs> it's a new movie. So the Philippu brothers turned down the chance to direct an unknown film in the DCEU in favor of having this film be their directorial debut. I mean, I think it was a smart decision. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Danny Philippu is co-writing, his co-writing with Rocka Rocka collaborator Bill Hunsman and the team joined with producer Samantha Jenning and producer Christina Satan, who are a part of Causeway Films, which allowed them to collaborate on The Babadook. Hmm. So apparently they had some collaborative efforts with The Babadook crew. Interesting. That's all I have. A plot summary, Justin, for this movie. Do you want to do spoiler-free first or no? Let's do spoiler-free first. So, okay. no spoilers yet. Um, let's just do big takeaways, and then, obviously, our kind of our our go-to is see it now, see it when you can, or skip. Okay. Um, if you want to go see a cool, unique horror film, this is for you. If you want to see a film that is, in, in my opinion at least, very strong with the cinematography and with the acting this is a good one yep i do believe that everyone hyping it up and talking about how brutally scary this is i think did it a disservice um there are things in here that i did find scary and devin actually disagrees because she found it way scarier than i did Um, maybe we're just broken I just think different things scare people differently. I mean, yeah. I don't. I know people don't see Blair Witch like I see Blair Witch, right? Like I, I know that. Like yeah. Blair Witch, every single time I watch it, literally makes me like want to puke. Oh, and it's not. And it's not the final sequence. It's them getting lost in the woods. Like that, literally. Like there is something about that that like really makes me not like feel good on the inside. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's just how how people kind of see things. Um, we'll get into spoilers at the end, but there was there's some stuff but but as far as our four categories go i think it was a unique story and i am always here for a unique story in horror i think it was shot beautifully the acting was great but it really wasn't that scary yeah i i would mostly agree i think i mean i kind (laughs) of told you i i I do think there this story is interesting i do think it has some uh faults to it um Mm -hmm that kind of detracted me from the whole experience. Uh, I do think it was shot beautifully. I think the acting is outstanding. Um, and I would kind of even go further to the point where I, there was like one part that kind of freaked me out. And then the rest of the movie was like nothing okay. in that, like how scary. Okay. So now, so, so for me, I was, I like going to the movie theater and I like a horror film 
so for me this is a go watch now i think it benefits seeing it in theaters i would actually it's a light go watch now i would say wait um because i feel like my experience with it would have been probably better at home watching it at night like in my room or something you know like in bed kind of thing fuck fuck those kids absolutely yeah well see i didn't have i i had like i had a weird interaction with kids but it wasn't like bad it's just like a kid who was clearly not supposed to be there turned around and asked me what time it was and i said (laughs) shut up (laughs) so and then he left the theater so it was fine (laughs) so yeah plot um, um, so we're going to get into spoilers now. Spoilers. Yeah. spoilers. So if you want to okay. leave, leave now. The story starts off with um, this brother, look, this guy looking for his brother at a house yep. party. Breaks down the door, finds him, tries to get him out of this house party, chews out the people for, vi- for like, videotaping him. Brother stabs him in the chest a couple times, walks outside and stabs himself in the head. So that's kind of where we're getting started here. Um, we then jump to our main character, Mia. Uh, we're meeting her at the second anniversary of her mother's uh, passing. Um, her mother, we're led to believe, committed suicide. And she goes over to her friend Jade's house uh, after picking up Jade's little brother, Riley. So we're really established and knowing that they're very close that Mia has kind of like taken to them because she's not close to her dad because she thinks that her dad's not telling her something about her mom's suicide. Yeah. When they go the, go there, Mia's really pushing for Jade to go with her to a party to try out this hand game. Um, when they get there, the hand is very much just the hand of glory from like urban legends. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't notice the very basic premise of the Hand of Glory, it's the left hand of a hangman, and supposedly it provides, like, glimpses into the future. Or something like that. Yeah, this but one, here it though, lets you see ghosts. Yeah. And then you can invite them to come inside you, and the ghost talks for you, and all that jazz. Uh, so Mia does it. She goes a little bit past the 90-second timeline, um, and she she definitely has a weird interaction with it but not so much that she doesn't want to do it again so jade's boyfriend convinces them to invite people over for a more intimate party this time and they do the hand thing again after jade's boyfriend makes out with the dog uh which was something i was just terrified the dog was going to get hurt um then all the people kind of go through it but jade's little brother riley wants to do it Jade leaves the room, her boyfriend leaves with her, Riley petitions Mia to let her do it, and Mia's like, okay, 50 seconds, that's it. Well, it appears Riley let in the wrong kind of ghost. It starts out where we very much think that it's Mia's mom, mm-hmm. but then his demeanor changes, he starts smashing his face into the table, they can't get him out in 90 seconds. Um, he pops his own eyeball. He's like smashing his face. It gets fucked. Cops come. Mia hides the arm, puts it away. Mia's uh, Jade's mom is like super angry at Mia, blames her for her for giving her drugs, and it's all like pretty rough. Um, Mia still won't connect with her father, and she's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and she does see her mother. 
But that's that's after Christian comes over, right? No, no, she's been because seeing... like there, there's the there's the incident, but she doesn't see her mom before Riley's thing, though, right? Before his no, out. it's only after. Yes, that. yes. So she's to Justin's right. She's starting to see her mom, mm. like out of the corner of her eye and stuff, and her mom is starting to talk to her. Yeah. Um, Christian drives Mia home from the hospital after Jade's mom throws her out. He stays at night with her. This creepy old woman crawls towards Christian and starts sucking on his toes. But when Christian wakes up, it's not the creepy old woman. It's Mia. That's kind of our first clue that maybe Mia is... Not all there. She's, she's still tapped in. Yeah. So when... It's not Christian. Christian's from Midsummer. It's Daniel. It's on it, man. A24. It's Midsummer. They run the same. Mid- Midsummer on the brain. So when Daniel leaves after that, she grabs the hand and she wants to talk to her mom. And that's when her mom appears in front of her. Yep. And her mom is definitely intimating that Riley is in danger and Mia needs to help him. Mia meets with the whole crew. They decide to try to go out there and like blow out the candle. like To do the ritual, but do it right for him to pull him out. It yep. doesn't work. Mia says, screw it. I'm going to try to go in and see if I can locate him. And that's when a little girl is like sitting on the bed in front of her. And she's like, I can show you where he is. And then the little girl lets Mia in instead of the other way around. And it's at that point where it's like one of the coolest scenes for me in the movie where he's like being like swallowed by the, the demons of hell, like the child yeah. is. Uh, very, very fucked up. Mia goes home. She's a total mess. She runs into her dad. And her dad reads the suicide note that her mom left. And this whole time we've been led, led to believe that there was something malicious going on about it because like her mom's fingernails were torn up or so she thought that they were. But the suicide note is very clear that the, that the mom killed herself. Like, she yeah. just did. Mia goes into her bedroom and starts talking to her mom, the spirit of her mom. And at that point, someone's, like, banging on her bedroom door and it sounds like her dad. Her dad comes in and, like, attacks her. But this is the point, and it's very, very clear in the movie that Mia has went too far into the other world. Yeah, she's kind of no like one's atta- half, no half one's in, half out, kind of. Yeah, like, no one's attacking cause she, her. Yeah, because she, she does have... The ghosts are making have, her see stuff. Yes, yeah, she's starting to see stuff. And So I, as she yeah. thinks she's being attacked, she acts, her dad comes in and is trying to help her, and she stabs her dad in the neck. Her mom tells her she needs to go to the hospital. She knows what she has to do, and she has to save Riley. She calls her friend Jade, gets Jade to leave the hospital, and goes there and like stands over Riley's bed. It's at that point where Jade's mom comes in and apologizes for the terrible things that she said to her. And says, you are a part of this family. Mia asks for a few moments alone, which Jade's mom agrees to. When Jade gets to Mia's house, she finds her dad her dad like on the door, like almost dead from bleeding out from being stabbed in the neck calls her mom says you need to go help him mia has taken riley out of the hospital bed and got him to like the edge of a freeway yeah 
there's a scene here that solidifies that Mia's mom did not. There was no maliciousness behind it because her fingernails were on her back and her fingernails are not torn up. Yeah. And all the other people, all the other ghosts we had seen had, had like the wounds, like if they drowned or whatever, they had the wounds of what happened to them when they died. Her fingernails were fine. So we know that Mia's mom lied to her. Yes. So when the spirits are trying to convince her to push Riley into traffic, Mia refuses and somehow throws herself into traffic instead of Riley. Yeah. When she regains consciousness, she's in the, the hospital. There's like some cool lighting effects going on. And she sees her dad walking down the hallway. She starts chasing after him. Her dad gets in an elevator that is going up and everything gets dark. She sees a light. She starts walking towards it. And it's because someone is playing the hand game and she is on the other side. Yep. I feel like that is a very solid plot breakdown. That is like, yes, that was very like thorough. Thank you. I, I think it was important because there's a lot here. And yep. I think, hmm, let me get to my score note page. Here we go. So pros for plot for me is that up until up until the toe sucking scene, I was really unsure of where this movie was going to go. I I thought it was I, I I thought it was going to do different things. The the opening caught me off guard. The tone of the yeah. parties and how they were having fun with it caught me off guard. The little brother getting messed up, I was not prepared for. I didn't expect that to happen. I thought it was going to be like a possession kind of movie. So I really did not expect what I was getting, and I was having a good time. The moment that we realized that Mia staying under for 90 seconds definitely left its mark on her, and then when she was screaming and trying to wake up Danny to let him know that there was someone sucking on his toes and it was her, we knew that was going to play a bigger role in the end. Um, one of the things that I like the most about the plot is how Mia was struggling so much to come to terms with what happened to her mom like yeah, she wanted I... go ahead no no you uh, so I was gonna say, like, she wanted so much to believe that her mom wouldn't kill herself and wouldn't leave her and that she was happy and she was willing to demonize her dad and to believe spirits which she had been warned several times were dishonest um i felt was I, I liked how they explored that and it made her character and her character's actions seem real. Yeah. Yeah, um I, I would I would honestly mostly agree with that. I, I think there is definitely a point where this goes to a more predict like where it's very unpredictable mm -hmm. until we get to I would even say, like, yeah, the, the boyfriend driving her home. So, but at the same time when yeah. the, the toe-sucking lady happens, that's kind of where it veers back into this, you could call you could call the ending from, like, a mile away. It's similar um, to Slashers, how they have a formulaic approach where you have yes. the introduction of the past, then you have the introduction of the characters, then you have the systemic murder of the characters, you have the final girl chase scene throughout the horgish board of dead bodies. And then your final girl comes up on top. A24 kind of has a pattern, which you kind of laid out. 
which I thought when we were messaging about it, which I thought was really intelligent, where there are certain beats. And I think yes. when you think about it, a lot of the A24 films are different up front, but by the end, we're almost hitting similar beats. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like, that's one of my issues with the movie is like, it because, I mean, I think the opening is incredibly strong. I think the first half of this movie is very strong. It's just, it's when it falls back into the, like, repeating the formula. And obviously, like, all the A24 movies have, like, different directors, but it, it they all have the same beats feeling to them. Yeah, the same beats to them. And I, I think when it falls back to those beats is when I started to not lose interest, because that's not the right wording, but I, I started to, like... I was no longer surprised by what it was trying to do, and so for Devin, like, Devin, I talked I think, about this when we were leaving. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 we're both, no, we're both no, excited I, to talk I, I about it. I was just it. gonna say. I was just gonna say for a, this is kind of where the overhyping I think really faltered it for me is because I was like for the first half of the movie I was like oh thinking oh everybody's right this is very unpredictable surprise and like i'm glad because you know I, it's 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 nice it's a nice change but uh then it kind of started to go back into a24's ways and it was like oh like the, the overhype for me was that scariness part which we'll i'll talk about later oh yeah we will definitely talk about it there <laughs> yes so the one thing for me when it comes to this and so i was telling Devin is like when i think about like hereditary right it starts off as all that crazy stuff happens but by the end it almost gets predictable i was yes Excuse me, I was telling Devin, like, I wish Mia would have pushed Riley into traffic. Like, yeah, I, 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 I agree. It, maybe it's too dark, or maybe it's, like, I'm asking for something that it's not as possible, but, like, I almost wish there were there was more risk-taking in horror. Like, that's what I'm looking for, like, especially in my horror books that I'm reading, is mm-hmm. I want to read books that are pushing things further. And... I just feel like this was very safe, and I, the, I mean, I, I knew the moment when she saw her mom and about come with us, we'll protect you and all that stuff. I knew she was going to end up on the other side, and so even yeah. though the ending was shot very cool, which again we'll get the cinematography, even though the ending was shot very cool, like I saw it coming a mile away, yeah. and that's just like not desirable, especially for a horror movie. Like I want to be on the edge the whole time. And then for this one, where I was on the edge for like the first half, by the second half, I was more just enjoying the story and the cinematography and all that. Yeah, because that being said, like even though the flow was predictable, I, I do think like the story was still entertaining enough. Yeah, and, and, and unique. I, I did really yeah. enjoy the discussion of like grief and like yeah. dealing with like like internet culture and going viral and like trying to like be cool and be a part of the, the crowd. So I gave plot a seven and a half. I actually also gave it a seven and a half. Cinematography. I will just straight up say I have nothing negative to say. I appreciate that as far as I can tell, they never really did any CGI. Um, The scene where Riley bashes his skull into the table and pops his eyeball and all of that is just shot so brutally and then they do it again in the bathroom the other way and it's just the way they film it is just so realistic that i love it but it's also not like eli roth where it makes me want to puke 
Um, I liked a lot of the ways they hid the ghosts and shadows or like in like kind of like blurred vision. Well, I, and even like when they first started showing them, where it was like you, we just got like a quick glimpse, and then mm-hmm. the characters would look away, right? Because they're it reminded me terrified of, of what ghosts. they're seeing. Yes, yes, we get, I agree. We get a very um, quick glimpse. And, and I would agree with that. I mean, I think this is one of the I like this, and we'll get to it. Audio is probably the strongest that this like the strongest category for this film because I, I do think it is like it is shot incredibly well. And it, almost like every interaction with the hand is in, yeah. like incredible. Yeah. And then for me, this the the excellence of the cinematography for this movie is encapsulated in the final sequence. Even though I did find the ending to be very predictable, her walking through the hospital, seeing people that she cared about, like seeing Riley. And well, Jade. it's like kind of like seeing what they're their their story's conclusions in a way yes. and the while light. like go mm-hmm. yes and the lights yeah. turning off and it getting darker and darker around her then trying to chase after her dad her dad getting in the brightly lit elevator and going up and just then just seeing the one light i just for first time directors i thought that that was brilliant yeah i agree i gave it a 10 i have nothing negative to say i think like i said this movie on these next two categories alone is worth watching for that alone. Yeah, I also gave it a 10. Audio. Um, soundtrack is fucking banging. Like, oh, I'm yeah, a sucker absolutely. for rap music, and this was, like, super cool. Well, and, and see, that's the thing is, I'm not, and it was still awesome. Okay. <laughs> like, it was, it, it fit the movie really it well. It fit the, yeah, and, like, the sequence where they're all, like, kind of, it's like, almost like they're all, like, taking the drug, but they're all, like, taking the hits off the hand. Like, that music is just so perfect for that scene. It kind of sets yeah. it up so everybody's feeling very light. And it leads right into Riley. Like, we, like, we know it's going to be fucked. But, like, we kind of don't want it to be because everyone's having such a good time. And, like, it's going to be yeah. an okay thing. Um, so, yeah, score by itself is just astounding. The acting was brilliant for so many young actors. And for when I found out that Mia was her first ever film role, I was blown away. Like, everyone is so good from like the two friends who have the hand and how like nonchalant they are about it to like mia and jade's relationship where jade's trying to like kind of put distance between her and mia because she wants a boyfriend and she wants to kind of experience life and mia yeah. like is like this wants to have a family because she kind of lost her mom obviously and then her dad her estranged and like how she she legitimately cares about riley and she feels terrible that it happened like there's just so many instances of like brilliant character interaction and then even like when daniel takes mia home and stays with her it feels very real it doesn't feel like gossip girl it doesn't feel like anything like that it feels like two friends who previously had a a stint of a relationship who are trapped there and then when daniel wakes up and sees her sucking on his feet he's just like so like visibly hurt by it yeah because he's like i I trusted you like your friend and like she's like i'm not and it's just so i don't know i i feel like they got everything out of every actor in this movie and i also loved how malicious her mom was the ghost of her mom yeah especially when it was finally revealed the nails were stuff i yeah I mean, I mean, I agree 100%. I was, the thing that took me away the most was I was surprised that they got this many young actors in a room and they were all fantastic. Because we've had our 
we've had our fair share of uh, bad younger actors, right? Yes, yes. Um, and that's just not the case here. And the fact that there are like older actors, none of like the brunt of the story is really like focused on them. It is all like they're, they're all the adults to in give, like some important scenes but the, you're right the yes. brunt is the, ch- is the child actor like like they like it is clear that the children are like the forefront mm-hmm. and the adults are there as like support like they are like the sporting cast yeah and it's i don't know man these they're really good it was <laughs> like, a, it was incredible it was like all yeah. around incredible i gave it a 10 here too i also gave it a 10 all right <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> When the movie started off with the breaking down of the door and the stabbings, I was like, this yeah. is not the movie I thought I was getting. Well, let's go. I was like pumped. It's like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Mia's first possession scene was really creepy because of how she like was yes, moving I her agree. body and the body in front of her and stuff. The brutalization of Riley's face was a rough scene to watch and the eyeball yeah. popping. But this kind of goes into like my annoyance with some of the social media I saw about it, um, particularly on TikTok, where they're talking about, well, there's no jump scares. It's like, what are you talking about? The opening stabbing yeah. scene was a jump scare. The yeah. Looking across the way and seeing the, the ghosts is a jump scare. Is a jump scare, yeah. Him bashing his skull onto the table was a jump scare. And yeah. I have been very consistent on this podcast. Those don't work for me. And there was a couple of moments, like, when the old lady was crawling towards him. But, like, the thing is, like, there was some of that scene where at first it was creepy. But by the time she was, like, at the bed and sucking on his toes, like, I wasn't afraid of that. The ending didn't really scare me, probably because I saw it coming. Um, I do think there is something really heavy about the mom line. Oh, yeah. There there is, like, a lot of, like, heavy subject matter for sure. Um didn't mean that's pretty all my thoughts is like there are some moments i don't think those moments would be scary on repeat watches yeah because like, i think of back like to like the thing right okay. one of the reasons why we said that the house scary score was so high is that you put aside the body horror and like the arm snapping off and all that stuff the horror from that movie is being trapped in that compound and not being able to trust people around you yeah it's like the the whole isolation and like social deduction really yeah also like the alien stuff is scary but what makes that movie fucking terrifying is that yeah i agree and like i'll kind of piggyback off you again but like there was so much talk about this being the scariest movie that people have seen this year Uh, a lot of people have said that a lot of people said that and I don't know if it's just because those people were echo chambers of everybody else, but like, or it hit different for them than it hit for us. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. But like, so I went in expecting like, Holy fuck, this is going to, like, I am ready to like shit the bed, sleep with the lights on like midnight, man. Like, let's fucking do this. Hold the moonlight, man. Yeah. And like, I, there were certainly like, the first time uh, Riley saw the ghost, yep, was the demons freaky. in hell, like or yeah, his body. yeah, yeah. That was like, you know, skin crawling. 
But other than that, like, I will tell you when the lady starts sucking on the feet, I, that, I, I mean, Michelle and I were, like, trying to stifle our laughter. Yeah, I could go because of how that's, fun. That's why I thought, like, the tone changed a little bit there for me. Yes, there was a big tonal shift, and, like, because it happened, when, it, like, it happened the, in Gerald's game, too. But I didn't laugh when that happened in Gerald's game. Exactly. And, like, I, there, there's a lot of, like, weird tonal shifts in this movie I found because there's also when the dude's making it with the dog. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, I was like, just happy to the dog. I was preparing oh, yeah, myself for something awful. Um, and so, I, I don't know. It was just, like, a weird horror experience. Like, I, 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 I can see how people think it's scary but it definitely does not hit that way for me i gave it a four and a half i give it a three um i don't again i'm not this is when people overhype stuff man this it like really really like heightens your expectations and it's a shame as you know i don't watch trailers for that reason alone yeah because i trailers can ruin stuff but they can also make you see something that's not actually there so for talk to me for plot we gave it seven and a half each for cinematography and audio we both gave it tens and for how score scary i gave it a four and a half justin gave it a three that gives it a here's johnny final score of a 78 that ties it with several things justin the movies it ties it with are evil dead rise frailty jacob's ladder silent hill the movie and spiral Below it, we have Don't Breathe and Nosferatu with a 77. Mm-hmm. And above it with a 79, not, excuse me, we have Nightmare on Elm Street, The Mist, The Lost Boys, and It, the 2017 version. So I think that was our, That was our review of Talk to Me. We do have an email. And it says, regarding the film Talk to Me, I liked it. Very scary premise. Teenagers messing with dangerous things they don't understand with zero concern for their own safety felt very accurate. I would absolutely have held the hand in my younger days. Who am I kidding? I would do it now. I want this hand in my collection. It's not happening. If any listeners know what I'm not, if any listeners know where I can find such an artifact, please forward the details to the podcast. They'll know where to find me. Sincerely, my wife. Don't do that. I don't want one in my house. Oh, Devin. I shouldn't have. Or I your wife. Sorry, I used her name. I'm sorry. It's okay, Devin. I should not have encouraged her to send an email. We're going to play a quick uh, music snippet, and we'll head on into the closing. Hey. Coming through, bitch. That means move, bitch. That means you, bitch. Hey. Watch me do this. Kind of lose, tell the truth. I'm getting too shit. Yeah, they got me gassed up. Do what the fuck I want, you know my master. They fool gazy, they preaching like a pastor. They had their real intentions, boy, they master. But I done learned my lessons from the last one. I'm sick of being nice. I'm finally seeing all the stuff that's creeping in my life. They seek to do me wrong. They want to dim my life. Justin? Yes. For our listeners, next week it is final prayer. For us in like five minutes, it is final prayer. Yep. Um, do you have any last thoughts on Talk to Me? I mean, 
I I think it's definitely like worth seeing. I I would have preferred I think a, like a home viewing experience. Um but also I I'm really torn because I feel like at this point, if something is amazing and people think that they should just say, yeah, just go watch it. Just go watch it. It's cool. That is something I've had to learn because I definitely feel like I've overhyped things to friends before and then they watch it and they aren't excited. One, it makes me sad. And two, it's like maybe I blew it up too much and they, maybe they would have been done. So now I just say, you should check it out. Yeah. See, and that's, I think that's the kind of hype uh, I need to start paying. I need to like tune everybody else out because, oh boy, did this movie get overhyped for me. <laughs> so I have the results from our last two Twitter polls. Okay. So we can then just determine what our final one will be when we record again in two weeks. So the first matchup, Justin, was Shannon's pick of Velocipaster going up against Eddie's pick, who he who won the competition last year of Sharon's baby. Velocipaster okay. won again. Interesting. Okay. The other competition that we had going up against each other was Rachel's pick of Season of the Witch, which was a Nick Cage movie, which I'm happy didn't win because that belongs on the Nick Cage podcast, going up against Shark Exorcist. Jesus Christ. Shark Exorcist won. So in two weeks, or for our listeners, during the last voyage of the Demeter review, we will be revealing the results of the winner of those two movies it will be Velocipaster or the shark exorcist and the winner of that is what we are watching right yeah unfortunately fuck (laughs) (laughs) so that's all we have for this week uh patreon stick around for the post show campfire discussion and everyone else until next time stay scary The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tears, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.